this week on The Startup Life. I'm almost playing a double advocate role. Like I like just being outrageous. I like being able to, to showcase that because I feel like the world, the life is too short to just always play it safe. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Paul Lettabader Jr. and Amelia Porter of the Educated Hustle podcast. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We have a really special guest on today. We got Paul and Emilio of the Educated Hustle podcast. What's going on, fellas? Hey, how's it going? All right. Are you guys ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Let's do it. Hopefully we can uh, bring some impact to your listeners. Um, Hopefully we can uh, tip, the, tip the cup over. For sure, for <laughs> sure. No worries. All right, so let's get started. So I, tell me this, what started you guys' podcast? Basically, what's your path to entrepreneurship? So Educate Hustle started out in uh, 2016, May. May 15, if we want to be real exact. Uh, the need of it was me and Paul both went to University of Central Florida, rep in Orlando, Florida. We joined a fraternity called AK Psi, and um, it's a bitch fraternity. And the cool thing about it is we have a lot of amazing brothers who have done their own endeavors and ventures, such as their own startups, their own websites, their own brands, their own designs. And they would always promote on Facebook and Instagram, but they would only basically reach like their circle of friends. Sure. And me and Paul always thought like, you know, these guys have really great ideas, really good stuff. Like they need to have a bigger base. And we wanted to make a podcast to kind of highlight that. And the, the mission of it was like, we really want to have passionate people come on to our show and demonstrate why that not only do they have this passion, but like what led them to really become an entrepreneur. Ironically, um, it was a couple of episodes before we actually interviewed our first AK side brother because we wanted to start off with strangers. But the cool thing about it is, is really led us on a, an amazing adventure because we've interviewed so many different entrepreneurs of different types and different backgrounds and we've learned a lot and we're really proud to have a podcast that basically showcase like people who you know everyone knows the Gary V's right the, the Steve Jobs you know all those big names but we can interview people who are more relatable a little someone that you could like see yourself working with or meet down the street so it's cool that we're able to bring those people to the front and showcase who they are with our podcast and that's basically what started educating us a dream just making sure that we give shine to those who aren't necessarily in the news or on tv yeah and then um uh, just i want to add a little bit um for me i listen to like at minimum three four podcasts a day so I'm like super into podcasting and I just wanted to have a platform to be able to talk to people and get their ideas because the art of conversation is just always super stimulating for me. And uh, to be able to create my own platform with my best friend is just sure. like, kind of like, it's not even work. You know what I'm saying? When we, when we do our interviews, uh, it's very conversational. It flows real easy. And that's kind of something that we, we had uh, in college. You would meet people and, and host different events and uh, the flow would be so 
easy and conversational that it's only made sense to start a podcast. So you guys both went to UCF, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll try not to hold it against you since you beat my Tigers earlier. Well, a few hey, months back. Hey, so. hey, uh, national champions <laughs> don't hold that. Oh, you know, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. National champions, UCF Knights. My apologies. <laughs> Which I had no issue, by the way. My, why not? You're 13-0. Why not? So exactly. for sure. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so let me ask you this, guys. You know, what was your first business idea and what did you do with it? Or is this the first business idea? I think so for me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of harp back to like some middle school days, like selling candy okay. in, in the middle of class. I think <laughs> that kind of sparked the entrepreneurial mindset for me, just kind of seeing other kids make money off of little things like candy or school supplies or things like that. And I was like, you know what? I need to kind of start my hustle uh, by doing little things like that. So uh, that kind of sparked my interest in the business. But then, you know, fast forward a few, few years later, starting Educated Hustle podcast is kind of like the official start of my entrepreneurship uh, start to stardom. So uh, also, I do my own real estate business as, uh, right now. I'm okay. in the process of flipping my first house. So learning a lot through that is uh, is definitely helping me become an entrepreneur and all the different struggles of, you know, finding the property, fixing it, getting the right cost, mm-hmm. you know, hiring, firing contractors. So uh, definitely learning the grind. But, you know, without Educated Hustle, I don't think I would have been able to start my real estate business because, you know, having the confidence to start that led to the confidence of starting uh, my own real estate business. Big business, Paul. He can't, you know, make sure you make sure you stay him off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know uh, for me personally, Educate Hustle is probably like the, the only venture I've been in where I really feel committed to it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have the, the, I don't want to say I don't have the gene to be an entrepreneur because my family has entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in it. There's a lot of people in my family who are doing a lot of things. I guess I have found something that I, outside Educate Hustle that I want to put my passion towards. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, when this takes off, I'll probably have a bigger idea. And it's really one of those things where ironically, like, even though I don't have that fire for another business right now, I'm surrounded by people who want to be in business. I mean, my best friend told you the real estate game. She's trying to get that on a lot. Uh, my girlfriend is trying to start up her own thing where she's going to be basically a, a digital specialist liaison, trying to get other small businesses up. So it's like, you know, with my, with my parents having their own real estate company, I'm surrounded by business in the family. So, you know, I feel like one day I'll get there. But Educate Hustle right now is the forefront. I think the thing about it is, I think that me and Paul really do well talking to people and we're really able to get that that charisma and energy, you know, out of them that they normally think of. I have a lot of people who hate talking, don't see themselves doing well in interviews and they come on our show and they're like, oh my God, that was the funnest 45, 50 minutes of my life. Like I didn't even know I was being interviewed. So I think we have a knack for that and, you know, definitely want to see how we can leeway down to become something bigger than what we are. Now, Emilio, you talk about, you know, other members of your family being uh, entrepreneurs and this and the other. You know, do you ever pick their brain or do they ever put pressure on you to kind of do other entrepreneurial ventures or, or anything like that? <laughs> no, not really. I, I have a very strong personality. So oh, fair enough. <laughs> they kind of know like what, what, what I'll do, what I don't do. My girlfriend all the time tries to be like, why, when are you going to stop playing? Let's, let's get in this business together. Let's get this business together. But gotcha. you know, for, for me, I know that if I don't have the passion or my heart's into it, I, I won't be able to do it well. 
And until I find something that like makes me want to have that passion and heart, I don't want to do it because I, I know I won't be committed to it. You know, educate hustle works because I'm with my best friend. Like anytime I get to be with my best friend and we're doing something together, working towards something together, it's a fun time. It's, it's going to be worthwhile. But for me, just to say, I want to do something from the bottom of my heart, I don't, I don't have that mindset. I'm a very simple person, you know, as long as I have my Netflix, my Xbox, <laughs> uh, gotcha. a roof over my head, you know, I, I'll be good to go. So... <laughs> Good. Understood. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. Let me ask you this. And I know you guys like mentioned the Gary V's and this, that, and the other, but who or what inspires you guys as entrepreneurs and why? I think for me, um, just the being in the corporate culture for so long, it, it, it inspires me to be an entrepreneur because it allows me to think more freely. And what I mean by that is you go to a meeting in, in the corporate lifestyle and it's kind of limited to the topics that we're discussing. You know, we're talking about, you know, how are you going to hit your numbers? How are you going to do this? How are you right. going to do that? And there's always somebody that's giving you a goal to go and achieve. Well, for me, I've always been the type of person to kind of set my own goals. And then once I achieve those goals, I, I adjust it and, you know, strive for something else. So it allows me to be a little bit more creative and think freely and not have someone kind of dictate what you need to do on, you know, with the hours that you have. So, you know, being an entrepreneur is all about the lifestyle, just living on your own terms, making your own decisions and living and thinking and learning off those decisions. I think, you know, me working in the in, in corporate so long, and I'm still in the corporate job, but gotcha. you know, I, I just want to speak open and honestly, you know, just uh, it's so much more challenging as an entrepreneur because you can make mistakes and they really affect you know, how your business develops and, you know, no one's going to tell you how to adjust. It's really all about being creative and thinking about how to get out that hole or how to make that next sale or how to really find a better deal on your next property. So I definitely like the challenge of being on your own, making your own decisions and living with the consequences, whether they be good or bad. I know for me, I'm hitting with two and they, they could be cliche depending on who, who you ask them, but the first one's going to okay. be my dad. Okay. Um, my dad worked as a police sergeant for a Miami-Dade policeman for, policeman for a number of years, and he was mm -hmm. actually able to retire before the age of 60. He spends all day golfing. Gotcha. Um, he has his own real estate business I alluded to earlier, and the thing with him is he's always been quiet with his business. He's never kind of like talked about or bragged about. He's just always been really quiet, efficient, and able to get the job done, you know. I'm not very, I'm not shy to say he was able to amass a good amount of money before he retired and is able to live a relatively uh, carefree life to an extent. So his motivation, well, his, his movement, his motivation always inspired me because it makes me want to do that. And once he, you know, I feel like I want to step into, you know, follow the steps of my father and really become like successful in his eyes. And, and of course, you know, just follow those footsteps. So he's my first one. Uh, the second one is going to be post-presidency Barack Obama. I say Ooh, that because okay. post-presidency Barack Obama, if you were able to keep up with him, because he's very low-key, but every time he does do something, you, 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 get the sense of, you get the sense that he's doing it because he wants to do it. Like, he's having fun. For I sure. know in that, those eight years, you know, you, you can't have as much fun because you got so much stuff, you know, coming at you. And everyone has their own opinion on him. I, I think he was amazing, but I think what he's doing now is even amazing because Everything he does now, he's doing it because it's his move. It's no longer he's been advised or he has to do it. It's what he wants to do. And that's the cool thing about him is like, I feel like when you become an entrepreneur, you have to have that sense of, I want to do this because I put my heart and soul into vision and passion, not because I have to do it. So I think he's leading a very great example of what to expect when it comes to entrepreneur game. Absolutely. And I actually share your sentiment as well. Uh, thank you for sharing that. 
Uh, let me ask you this, guys. What do you wish you would have known before you started Educated Hustle? I think uh, I think me and my co-host might think along the same lines, but we definitely uh, could have spent a little bit more time creating that like that buzz, that following, uh, just making sure that people were more aware of that we were coming along with the podcast. Gotcha. Uh, because we definitely researched, you know, a lot about starting the podcast and a lot of research showed that, you know, you definitely have to create that buzz and, and that, that marketing beforehand uh, to have people kind of waiting there and also rating your podcast and uh, doing all those little things. I think those, these, those are things that we do a little bit better now, getting people to kind of, you know, give us a little bit more feedback, rate and review the show. But I think if we would have had that kind of gear up time beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, it would have, you know, accelerated our growth a little bit quicker. But, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And, and I think we're definitely on the right track right now. Yeah, um, definitely along with Paul said, I, th- I think another thing is um, obviously how hard it's going to be because you, you really underestimate how hard it's going to be. But I think it, the main thing is getting guests. Like we always knew we had to get guests, but right. we, it's, it's, especially now, it's so much of like you have to really be on the lookout and grind to get guests because you, you have an expectation that when people listen to your podcast, they, they expect a certain thing and you can't go too far off. Uh, fun, funny story, when we first started, uh, we actually had an interview with someone who was like, you know, big time for us. And she was so busy, you know, she was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do an interview with you guys in September. We started out in May and we probably may have had six episodes to our name. So it's like, how are we going to make it to September and be able to actually get this girl in while, 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 uh, you know, still having a podcast actually going and right. it really challenged us to make sure that we filled, filled in the time slot was able to actually still be, you know, a thing when, she, when her interview came and we were able to do it. But that's just one of the things I think that, uh, I wish we had known more about is like how to get more guests because obviously, you know, I feel like, and I don't know if you, maybe you relate to this, but you hit like a good steam and it's a little bit slow down as we're like, okay, let me sit back and really research a thing. Like who can I get on the show? Absolutely. I definitely know what you're talking about. And it also, you know, it's one of those things. It wasn't until I started the startup life where, you know how you look at like, uh, watch uh, like talk shows and mm-hmm. how people say like, you know, I've been trying to get on the show for months or we've been trying to link up and do a project together for months. And like, and before I became an entrepreneur, it's like, what, is, what does that even mean? You guys have tons of money, just link up. But it wasn't until I started, you know, really diving into our business and understood how much, uh, how important time is to where like, okay, now I understand where like people's schedules really do have issues with linking up so no i definitely get what you're saying about as far as like guests and stuff like that for sure thank you for sharing that let me ask you guys this what's the worst boss or what did you learn from the worst boss you've ever had oh man uh i got fired from my worst boss (laughs) 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 don't come in with you no um she was uh i used to work i don't know if they have them up where you're at but wawa's i know they're big in florida and philly but um it's basically like a gas station that's really known for selling their hoagies um i had a woman her her name uh, i'll leave out but she was just known as being a a, you know she's a good boss but she works too hard and from what i what i learned from her was like it's all right to fail if you show that you didn't try to fail i I guess to make it a little bit more if you work hard, even if you fail, you can still rest that you worked hard. And, you know, the job that I had, I was a, a inventory merchandise manager mm-hmm. and I just, it just wasn't a good fit. You know, I went to college for so many years and I had been in marketing and I was coming out of basically becoming a, a manager for a, 
a, a retail chain and it just wasn't a, something that I was equipped for. And, you know, I right. tried my hardest because I don't ever believe in quitting. I don't believe in, you know, showing up to work and not giving your all, but it just wasn't a good fit. And, you know, I, I had to, uh, was let go. But the good part about it is, you know, it leaves you on a trip to where you kind of can align and bring yourself back to what you should be doing. So, but from her, I learned that, you know, the thing that made the, the fire left hard is where she, you know, she sat me down and said, Hey, I know you've been trying. Like, I, I know you've been working hard and trying, but it, it just ain't working. So, gotcha. you know, it's never good being fired, but, say, you know, it's nice to be able to end on a little thing like that, you know? For sure. Yeah, and just for me, um, back in college, I, I used to work as a resident assistant. And, you know, I had a, a, a bevy of bosses, but one in particular, uh, he just didn't keep uh, people accountable. I know for me, you know, I'm a self-starter. I'm a go-getter. So, I'm able to do things on my own without much oversight. Mm-hmm. But to look at my peers and they didn't have, you know, as much dedication as me, they would show up late. You know, there was, it looked like there was no discipline being handed out. And, hmm. you know, as a boss, as a person that's expected to lead people, you have to hold your people accountable. And I, and I see that all the time in, uh, in, in even in work today, you know, different groups, different bosses, they they don't hold their people accountable. And I think that's going to, you know, if, if you're a boss, you, that's the number one thing you have to have because uh, you, as an employee, you can kind of sense when your leader isn't uh, capable and you kind of start right. thinking about all the different things you can get away with. And uh, that it started to get like that in, in college. But uh, that's what I learned about them. I, I just kind of took, you know, if I ever got into that position where I was managing people and uh, had somebody looking up to me, I'm going to make sure I keep them accountable and, and know uh, that they can't always be, uh, they can't look at me and say, well, he didn't let me know what my goal was, or he didn't tell me the expectations ahead of time so that I could achieve my goals. I definitely want to hold my people accountable when that opportunity comes. For sure. Want to hold them accountable and set them up for success for sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Cause like we live, you know, when we hear about managers and bosses and leaders, you know, oftentimes people feel like they have to be like super tough or a hard ass or whatever, when it comes to being a boss guys, where do you think that comes from? Um, I think that just comes from, I think in society, especially when you look at, you know, movies, entertainment, leaders are always the people who have to make the tough calls. They have to right. lead the chain, you know, to bring up an example, I, I think everyone's seen at least episode of The Walking Dead. We look at Rick Grimes. Mm-hmm. Rick Grimes is someone, he, he makes the tough decisions. He's not like, you know, a, a, an infallible person, but he's able to do what has to be done. You know, he's the one that I don't care if I'm the villain, you're going to hate me. Like, I'm going to do this to make sure that we all survive. And I feel like that, that correlates to how we, you are at managers. Like, we feel like, okay, if you're in charge, you got to be the person that's got to hold the, you know, hold the standard, hold the, hold the ship right. And mm-hmm. so that our vision of that is someone who has the authority and uh, the capability to make those hard choices and, and command. But I mean, like you alluded to, I think leadership comes in many different forms. You know, I think for me as a leader, I want to be someone to where my employees respect me, but they know that they can also reach out and, and talk to me. I'm, I'm not trying to put, you know, I'm not going to say the company's needs, but just be selfish with my needs before them. Because I feel like in order to connect with your employees and make sure that they, they um, 
work hard, they have to know that, you know, it's a common cause you guys are sharing. I think if you're a manager and you showcase, okay, not only do I work hard at what I'm doing, but I'm also here for you, you can win a lot more people than just being the guy that comes in and commands everybody. But, you know, there's some people who really respond to that. You look at military, army people, that's what they respond to. They need to be told what to do. They don't want to hear that, let me hold your hand and talk about my weekend. They want to like, okay, you want me here? When you want me here and all of that. So it really all depends, but I really think it just comes from our nature of seeing you know, stuff in TV and entertainment where leaders are these hard, foregoing, lonely people who are able to showcase like, hey, when it comes to getting our hands dirty, we're not afraid to. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I, I agree with that premise as well. Just, uh, I think people, another thing that people like to do as well is complain about their boss and uh, kind of get into that conversation that's a little toxic for the workplace where they come in, they already have the bad attitude. So it's like the person who's above them is, they're a little bit envious of them. So I think uh, it kind of works both ways on the employee level and the boss level too. For sure. I just kind of wanted to get your guys' you know, uh, take on that. It's, it's one of those things where uh, in a lot of the work that we do in the school systems or whatever here in Memphis, a lot of times we run into you know, leaders, administrators, principals who feel like they have to be like the hard ass in order to get people mm-hmm. uh, up, up and at them, if you will. And so I just want to get you guys' take. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So when it comes to, you know, advertising and marketing, educated hustle or, uh, you know, your real estate ventures that you got going on, you know, how do you market or advertise it? Social media, word of mouth, what works best? I think for a podcast, um, social media definitely works the best, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're, you know, when you're trying to get in contact with so many people. Uh, and nowadays, a lot of people hear about their news and their uh, what they listen to or what other people are doing via social media. Uh, there's not much newspaper, radio, uh, for our generation at least. So uh, social media is definitely something that uh, we use um, all the time, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I think uh, you definitely got to have your hand in social media to to get the word out there nowadays. For sure. Yeah. And, and to echo him, I'll narrow it down, Twitter. There's mm. not a podcast I haven't listened to that hasn't been on Twitter that's got me interested in it. I think Twitter is right now for me, the Mecca social media, because you always will have an audience. I feel like Facebook is your family and friends and you know, they family kind of friends. They, they love you. They, right. Cool with them, but they're not going to go out their way to do something for the most time. But I feel like on Twitter, like if you have something and you people see it, you'll get a lot of people that just come through and be like, let me check this out. You know, I think a lot of our successes come from having the Twitter uh, Twitter page and we're able to talk to people, we're able to showcase. I know we've gotten a lot of guests on Twitter because you have that easy, easy access to talk to somebody, to say send them a tweet, send them a DM or whatever. Right. So I really feel like as a podcast, you have to have a strong, strong Twitter presence. And for me, like I said, if, if you don't, if you're not on Twitter, I really don't listen to your show. And <laughs> <laughs> got you. I mean, I, I don't want to be blood about it. No, I no, you. fair enough. I got you. I got you. Fair enough. Appreciate your your candor on that one. Uh, let me ask you guys this: What did you learn from your biggest failure? I mean, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I think for for me, what I learned from my biggest failure is that uh, it's just like starting my my real estate venture. I, I put a lot of money up in the front end on education and uh, kind of trying to get right and. Uh, I think I overspent, you know, on, on a couple of things, but I think from, from my biggest failure that I learned uh, as far as, you know, all those startup costs that I accrued was trying to get more advice from people who have done it before. You know, I think, I think for me, I like to, 
I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm a self-starter, like I said in the beginning, but I'm also kind of stubborn at times when it, when it comes to advice. And I try to shake that off by, you know, talking to more people, doing this podcast kind of helps as well. Uh, just kind of getting advice from people who have already been there in the past. Uh, so definitely reaching out to more people who have done real estate. You know, I talked to, um, you know, a couple people here and there uh, about their approach to real estate, how they started, what their first deal was like. And, you know, just kind of networking a little bit more instead of kind of going in head first and seeing what happens. Uh, that's kind of where I, what I learned from with uh, my real estate business. Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, just learning to, to take more advice, just being more open with myself. I think a lot of times we, uh, we get in our head that at the end of the day, you know, we know what's best. And that's not always the case, you know. We can view a situation one way, but we'll have people out in our circle who view it in a entirely different way. And you have to be able to embrace that viewpoint and feedback because I think in our minds, we think we're something, you know, we're, I, I'll give you an example. Like, I always think like, oh man, I'm putting on a little bit of weight, man. I gotta, I gotta shape up. I need to go to the gym a little bit. <laughs> but I'll talk to my girlfriend. She's like, what's wrong? You're like, you're, you know, you're beautiful. You're handsome. You know, I, I, right. I, I love you the way you are. So, you know, it's easy to kind of get in your head that maybe I gotta do this, maybe I have to do that. But you have to listen to people around you and really take that advice and heed that movement. Obviously you want to do it with people that you trust. Don't just listen to anybody. But I think, you know, that's the best thing with, with failure is you can reflect and kind of hear from people around you because they'll tell you things that you did not necessarily know. You know I, I was relational once and I, I, uh, I saw my viewpoint as one particular thing, but, you know, I, I remember I talked to uh, Paul actually about it. And he's like, you know, I noticed that when you guys, you know, whenever you talk about her, you guys are always are arguing or mad each other and you're not a mad dude. And mm-hmm. it never clicked to me like, like that makes so much sense you know so you have to really take that advice and take that um perceptive and insight from people around you because you'll you'll be able to rebound a lot quicker rather than try and retreat within yourself and try and find a lesson that way i think just hearing other people and reflecting is the best thing i learned failure for sure let me ask you guys this real quick it's kind of a follow-up so you know milio you talked about like you know taking advice from other people this that, and the other right and 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 that's great advice but yeah how do you feel when somebody who who doesn't or has never done what you do gives you advice? So, for example, like somebody who gives you advice about your podcast and they've never mm-hmm. had a podcast or something like that, right? I give them, I give them the stink eye. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I I'm a person that's given advice with stuff that I don't have the most direct relation, you know, direct you know, um, experience with. I right. think you just you you just you just think about okay how how valid is it because I think with advice we get caught up like like oh, okay I've known Paul for all these years if he gives me advice I have to listen over someone I met just a minute ago but it's like that dude you met a minute ago could be amazing in your area and you know he knows more than what you know what Paul would know so I think what with those things you have to kind of figure out okay where is it coming from it doesn't make sense if it makes sense to take it but if it doesn't then you know not to be offensive but you'll hear it out and you know you don't use it but I think as long as you can judge if it makes sense to like actually go on to and, and utilize that you're in a good place it's when you start just you know taking things at face value and not putting dot to it when it comes to vice that's when you get in trouble for sure. And I think um, it's funny you mentioned that because we have a mutual friend who listens to our podcast and he's kind of gives us feedback on how we're doing. Uh, and uh, he kind of talked to us a little bit about, you know, some of the style, some of the, some of the things that he's noticed when he listens to the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that he noticed about me is that sometimes I ask weird questions or I don't 
ask the question correctly or my delivery is a little bit off. Gotcha. My first thing is to kind of attack because I don't know. That's just how you, you know, like right. in the black culture, you kind of you kind of want to uh, hit them back with the insult. But right. what you mean? That'll be <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right. <laughs> but at, at the same time, uh, once I kind of got over that little little thing, I kind of thought about it, you know, uh, maybe I can change my approach to the question. Maybe I can kind of lead into it a little bit better. So um, it's definitely something that I, I try to do a little bit more often. You know, people that give you that unsolicited advice, um, even though at first you kind of think it's a little off-putting, but maybe it's coming from a place of, it's always coming from a place of good, I, I think, because Understood. They're, they're trying to help you out and help you grow. Absolutely. And Startup Nation, what, you know, what he just said is very important. A lot of times when people give us advice, it really does come from a place of good intentions, not necessarily just trying to, you know, make you look crazy or something like that. So thank you for sharing. I really do appreciate that. So guys, you know, entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in constant professional development. What does that mean to you? And what are you learning now? I think for me, um, I kind of learned a, a little bit about myself is sometimes I'm not the most disciplined. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to do this thing where I, I read a little bit more. I read at least 10 pages a day. Okay. And the first book that I picked up this year was um, a book called The, the Miracle Morning. Um, okay. And it's helping me get, keep myself accountable as far as just having my day a little bit more detailed. You know, a lot of the people who are productive, uh, they start their day like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., so that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to test out right now is how many days in a row can I wake up at 5 a.m.? All right. And then once I hit that, you know, how many days can I wake up and work out at 5 a.m.? For sure. And then kind of create that routine that will help me become a little bit more disciplined. So that's what I'm trying to learn now is, you know, be a little bit more structured in my approach, schedule things out. And then write, a write things down a little bit more often so that you can visualize you achieving that goal rather than think it and then forget about it later on in the day. Understood. Yeah. And I'm, I'm into it too. Once again, I love twos, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, um, for me, the, the, the first thing is definitely just being more open with people. I, you know, when I was in um, school, except in college, I guess I was not a really big talker. I didn't really open up to a lot of people. I didn't talk to a lot of people. I just, if you weren't in my close circle, I didn't really uh, engage. And I really feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities to really get close and really build those connections. So I know for me, you know, I, I have a new job I started and I'm with 11 peers. Like I'm trying my best to be a voice in that circle because I feel like when people know who, know, know who you are and they can see that you open up to them, you, you build a better, uh, a better camaraderie and a better sense of, okay, I like working with this person. I'm going to try and help them out whenever they need help, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that is tough when it gets to the atmosphere where you have a lot of people around you. Some people don't want to be open and share. They don't want to be at the vocal point. Well, I'm trying to assert myself and be more of that vocal be be more of a leader and be recognized and it's cool when i have people say like oh man i think you're like the smartest person in the class i'm like what like <laughs> all because i just talk more so i mean that that's the first thing uh the second thing is i just i had a daughter she's mm -hmm. um just turned one years old oh nice congratulations yes. yes thank you thank you so i'm i'm learning you know through like seeing the world through her eyes because you know with children everything that's such a brand new experience and they um they really do take these things that you take for granted and make it seem like a magical experience so i'm trying Absolutely. to see through her eyes and then you know also check myself because i'm realizing this is who i'm shaping you know, the person i'm helping shape become an adult absolutely so, 
you know, you evaluate like everything you're doing and you want to make sure that you're on the right path and you check yourself like, okay, like, what do I not want to do around? Like, what I got to look out for? So those are two things I'm, I'm doing to really learn every day and try to be a better person. But uh, thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you guys this. Some say, and you, you know, you're both uh, entrepreneurs, but also college educated. So I'm actually curious about how you answer this one. Some say entrepreneurs need some type of form of education, networking, this, that, and the other in order to be successful. But some say all you need is idea and a work ethic. So or idea and work ethic. So what do you guys stand on that spectrum? I know for me, I think being college educated helps out a lot. And okay. I'll say this for the simple fact of the network you get. You know, I know Paul can attest, like, because we went to college, we have a much bigger network than we would have had without mm-hmm. it. Um, I think education is one part of it. And if you look at it through just educational means, it's easy to dismiss. But the real goal of college, the real goal, what you go for four years, what you pay that tuition for is to build that network and have that set of associates that no matter what you're doing, you have people out there that are bigger than just your hometown. And, you know, I mean, like I said, we, we built this podcast because of people that we met in college. So if we had never went to college you know, there's a chance that educate us who would not be hustling today. So <laughs> don't want to understate it, but at the same time say, you know, the truth behind it. But I, that's what I'm, I'm a firm believer of. I think like, yes, you know, college expensive, it, it's, it's daunting. It's, it's a long four years, but if you go out there and you set yourself up by making these networks, you make all these, meet all these people, you really are doing well for yourself. Because I mean, I look at Gary V. Gary V was friends with the guys who made Uber mm-hmm. and, he remembers when they Uber was nothing like, it, you know, they asked him to invest. He's like, oh, you know, we're cool and all, but I'm not going to invest in Uber. And right. now Uber got so big. He's like, I should invest in Uber. And, you know, Gary V's successful, immensely successful. So right. your network and people you have access to do not undervalue it. It, it. it means a lot. It could be the difference between you having that rough first year and maybe having a bigger first year than what you initially thought. I hear that. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with my co-hosts. I definitely stand more on the spectrum where you need a, a formal education. Now, and I like the way you word it as formal education because I think uh, education comes in many forms. You, mm-hmm. you can you can either go to college, you can pick up some books and read, uh, you can talk to people and, and learn from them. But I definitely feel like uh, all the people who kind of practice their craft definitely have to study the craft in order to you know, you know, launch their product, make their product better, make their idea better. You know, I think you can grind hard and you can work hard, but you need to also work on the education process and uh, really develop that sense of uh, knowing your industry in and out um, so that when you are ready to launch or that when you, when your business is ready to take off, um, you know, you, you'll be knowledgeable and you'll be able to expand. Let me ask you this, you know, last question before we go to break, what does the average day look like for both of you guys? Well, like I said, now, you know, being on the miracle morning program, um, I'm waking up anywhere between five and 6am. Okay. Uh, I start my day off the first 30 minutes of my day. I'm, I'm, I'm reading. Um, so the, the next book I'm reading right now is the color of law. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of helping me bottom my, the legal expect legal perspective on you know why things are the way they are as far as segregation goes i'm trying to like i'm trying to uh broaden my knowledge as far as just topics and being more knowledgeable um then i work i work out i do about a 30 minute workout and the the whole point of that is just to kind of get your mind rolling get your day off to a good start get the endorphins flowing and then right after that you know take a shower and then jump into jump into some emails for work 
also follow up on my my flip project and then kind of go from there as far as you know who who setting up meetings or taking phone calls throughout the day um and then when i come home at night you know i kind of like to relax you know take you know take a take an hour or so to um just kind of take the day in think about what you did what you didn't do and uh move on from that um but I, you know i kind of want to build a little bit more structure in later in the, in the day but I definitely think that getting my mornings off and starting on the right foot is really helping me uh, become a little bit more organized. Spoiler alert, my day is not as relaxed and detailed as Paul put it. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here too, so I guess I'll have to, um, I, I wake up around 6, uh, 620, 630. I, I, I then go to my job like around 7. I'm, I'm out at 5. Um, mm-hmm. When I get home, I have to pick up my daughter up. So gotcha. usually whatever whatever she wants to do is what I have to do <laughs> when I, we get home. Fair enough. Um, if, she's, if she's taking a nap, I'll try. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm a big, I like to play video games when I can, watch Netflix. I try to catch up on shows. And then at that point, usually do a combination of those until it's time to go to bed. If I'm in bed, I'll try to read something. Now, I'm not a, a big nonfiction reader. I love fiction. Fiction okay. is just like that's what I read, and okay. I'm I have a terrible habit of 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 starting so many books and never finishing them. So um, it's funny because I everything I do in life like Netflix, I watch a lot of shows, don't finish them. I'll just stop somewhere. So I I, I I'm weird that way. I don't know why, but gotcha. You know, Try to end it on that and then, you know, prepare for the next day. <laughs> Understood. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How you guys like being on Startup Life so far? It's great, man. I think you're, you definitely got your craft down. Uh, it's been amazing. The questions you asked has allowed me to really think about myself and my business. Yeah, I really just, you know, I said, I said earlier, like, we really enjoy being interviewed. You know, it's very, very rare that we get the mics kind of showcased on us and it's cool that you have these questions that flow together and I really feel like we're giving you some good answers, some good material and of course all organic, freshly squeezed right from mama's backyard, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. So I hope you're getting great value from Paul and Emilio's story, but we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. Memphis, are you ready to level up? Join me May 5th as I lead the Al Academy's Entrepreneurship 101 Workshop. Together, we will create your elevator pitch, work on problem-solving techniques, and so much more to get your path of entrepreneurship off to a great start. All attendees will take home an entrepreneurship startup kit, coupons for additional resources, and a chance to win mentoring sessions with some of Memphis's top entrepreneurial minds. So join us May 5th at Union Center, 10th floor classroom at 1331 Union Avenue, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. Can't wait to see you there. Check out the link in the show notes. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So Paul and Emilio, what was the best piece of advice you've ever gotten and what was the worst piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) That is the, oh, man. Uh, I think the best piece of advice I've ever gotten was 
just be yourself. I couldn't tell you who told it to me. So mm -hmm. we'll just go off that. But uh, I think that really is a, a, a great piece of advice because I think it's so hard to get caught up on what you think you should be and what, how you think you should be seen that you lose sight of what you really are. And I think if you're always true to yourself, you're going to have a lot more success than not being true at all. So that's probably the best advice. Uh, the worst advice, I think the worst advice, and I don't think it was ever framed as advice, but it's like, you know, as men here, we know that when we have our friends, we need, we're loyal to our, we're loyal to our boys, we're loyal to them, you know, they do something wrong, we stand for them, unless it's something drastically out the box, you know, we'll be there for them. I think that's a mindset that is dangerous to have, because I think a lot of times, sometimes your friends don't have the best interests and hearts of you and when you become to a standard where you have to feel like because you know we're friends that i automatically have to side with you that blind loyalty can sometimes come back to bite you so the best advice i would have is like just because you're cool with someone make sure that the way that they move and the way that they operate they still have time to be genuine to who you are and you're not just doing like a selfish interest for their own causes so that's the probably the worst advice i guess like, like i said blindly follow your homeboys just because you know you're friends with them Wow, gotcha. Sorry, I got a little, got a little deep there. No, 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 no. It's actually dope. No, no, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. So no, that that's why I kind of took a minute. Like, man, I, I've heard that one before. So no, that's what that was. Forgive me. I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. Uh, hey, as long as it's not me, I hope you're cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not you. It's not you. Gotcha. I'm just gotcha. playing. I'm playing. Um, I guess for me, uh, the the best piece of advice. I got it. It's from another friend, another close friend I have is, is just keeping an open mind to things. Like, um, I think for me, I, I grew up a little, uh, you know, on the conservative side and, you know, just being, my family's a little bit more reserved and we're kind of to ourselves. Okay. So I, I kind of, you know, took a little bit later in my life to break out of my shell and, and be a little bit more open to people yeah. and responsive. But, you know, some of my friends see it's like, you know, they, they know that they know that I'm, cool and closed circles but uh you know he really approached me one day it's like you know uh be a little bit more open and and accepting to what other people have to offer and i think that helps with me nowadays because i'm more well i'm more willing to step out my comfort zone and uh really go out there and experience new things so uh, that's the best piece of advice that i've that i've gotten and uh i think the worst piece of advice that i've gotten is is uh to and I, and I don't really know how to frame it, but it's like to kind of focus too, too much on, on one task. And, and what I mean by that is um, someone, you know, people always uh, like some of the bosses that I had in the past uh, kind of see what I do. And I stretch myself too thin, too thin and they wanted me a little to focus a little bit on my job a little bit more in college. But I think uh, I've always I've always kind of rejected that kind of thinking because I knew that wasn't my final goal. Like I was always having my hands in different pots. Like I worked three, four, five, like five jobs at one point in college gotcha. uh, to, to really, to really uh, extend myself. So, and I think they've, op they've definitely opened opportunities to, to, where, I'm, to where I'm at right now. So um, I, I rejected that advice to really focus on one area because I knew it just wasn't gonna get me to where I had to go to. So um, 
And I think that was important for me to, to be where I'm at today. And gotcha. I, I need to say this, though, too, because it's, 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 a, it's a cool segue. So um, in high school, this man, Paul, worked at a movie theater called uh, Cinemark for a number of years. Okay. And I don't know if you are, anyone here that's familiar with the Dave Chappelle skit, but with Calvin from Wag Arnold's, where he's like <laughs> the only guy in the hood that has like a job and it's at McDonald's. We used to call this man Paul Calvin. <laughs> we're all the high school school just chilling this man's got a job he's working <laughs> that's a, oh man that's good I'm, I'm, I'm actually old enough to remember the original commercial uh, where that came from i know exactly what you're talking about so uh thank you for sharing that let me ask you guys this because i'm pretty sure with you guys show educated hustle you probably have a lot of people who come to you about you know how to start a company, how to start a business, how to start that path to entrepreneurship. And I bet, you know, sometimes when you kind of give them those nuggets, you kind of get the sense of like, hmm, maybe this life isn't for you. So if you would, what do you think is a popular misconception about starting a company or a business? I think the best people that we have on the show are the people that, um, who, are, who aren't really the traditional business people and okay. what I mean by that, it's just the uh, like the, the people that kind of started their own social social media following, like their own websites, their own blogs. Um, they they just went out and did it. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's kind of like the general advice people give. But it really is true that you don't have to have the background of business. You don't have to go to school for business. You just have to really take your passion cultivate it into something that people want to consume people are then going to consume it and then you know it's pretty much going to take off from there and uh i think you know talking to some of the entrepreneurs they're always just like yo i just actually took action and started you know making a plan and then executing on that plan and i think it's really just that simple you know a lot of people get overwhelmed by things like startup cost or right. things like oh do i have to register an LLC, you know, I, oh, I, I don't know anything about that. So I'm not going to start a business. But I, I recently opened up my own LLC account and I was, it took literally 20 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is what people are, are afraid to do. It takes right. no time. So like just, just taking action and doing something because what's going to happen is either one of two things. You're going to be you're going to be successful or you're going to learn from a mistake you made and turn it around and on your next venture. But at least Absolutely. you did it and you started and you have a story to tell. Absolutely. Paul, you can, you bring up an excellent point because I know a lot of times people are so afraid of something. It's like the 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 anticipation of the fear is like the worst of it. And then once you get on the opposite side of it, it's like, oh, is that it? Like that's that's nothing. So no, I'm thank you for sharing that. But go ahead, Emilio. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, man. I always got time for giving my co-host props, man. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's interesting you said it because this alludes to like the best podcast advice I've ever really heard or read is like mm -hmm. no matter the audience, just make sure you have good content. I hear and that. I think me and Paul, we subscribe to that heavily. And I think the hardest misconception is people really think that you can do this and not have a genuine passion for it because it's hard. It's really hard. And you know, you can, you can tell yourself oh, it will be easy, but if you don't really love it, if you don't really have the, a, 
a knack for it, it, it it's easy to fade away i mean you know i look around on our twitter and when we started out there was a lot of podcasts but yeah. like a lot that we were talked to and we were like all working together and now it's pretty quiet out there in the streets mm. and it's one of those things where you know no knock to them but it's, it's hard it's hard to keep producing it's hard to keep keep maneuvering because if you're not getting that buzz and that reception, that that instant gratification that you have a, a big mass followers, either to say, you know, why am I doing this? So you have to have the passion. I, you know, I, I can safely say that if I didn't have Paul as a co-host, I don't even know if I'd be able to do it because you need to have, you know, he helps me accountable. He can be motivated. He helps me know that there's, there's I'm in this with somebody. And it, it's hard to really, you know, do that by yourself. So for podcasts in general, you have to have the passion and genuine ability because it, it wears on you editing getting guests emailing i gotta sit and talk to them there's so much variables that anyone who's weak-minded can say you know what i'm good so you have to have to have to have to have a genuine passion because if you don't have that you're not gonna go far Understood. Understood. And and that's an excellent point, Emilio, because a lot of times people think they can just just buy a mic, buy a whole bunch of fancy equipment and just start mm-hmm. talking. It really is more behind the scenes, you know, just from a logistical standpoint that goes on with podcasting. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Yeah. And I, and I definitely want to say I definitely want to say to them that helped helped me out when we were first starting. This OK, week. people can envision their episode one. But okay. can you envision your episode 12? Can you envision your episode 15? Can you envision your episode 12? Because that's what you're doing it for. You're not doing it to be just a quick five-episode thing. If you're going to make a podcast series, you're mm-hmm. in it for the long haul. So how you got your episode one, but how are you going to make an episode 30? So that's a big thing you have to think about. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That's great stuff, seriously, for real. Uh, let me ask you guys this. Why the name Educated Hustle? which I absolutely love, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it kind of came together, you know, working together. Me and him okay. both had influence on the name. So uh, we, you know, after we came up with the concept, we were like, uh, basically, we told each other, hey, think about like your top five ideas, flip them to people that, you know, you trust, and then we'll come back and reconvene. So I think um, the two names that we kind of, hit the like came to at the final two names uh his his podcast or his name was uh educated dividends mm-hmm. and then my podcast name was hustle forward okay and then so you can kind of see uh, yeah like, uh, where the two <laughs> names kind of coexisted right and i forgot emilio can kind of help me out who, yeah who, who decided to combine it yeah so I, i'll fill in this part so uh, we have okay. a friend who in our fraternity uh her name is nikesia paul uh, Pinnell, she actually was a guest on our show and mm-hmm. it's funny because i asked her like which one do you like better hustle forward or educate dividends and you know, i'm not gonna lie i was kind of feeling educated dividends no <laughs> um, she actually came back to me because i asked her, what you feeling and she was like how about this why about you just take one from each and make it educate hustle and i was like you know that's my blown idea right <laughs> i went to paul and paul was like yo that's the name <laughs> it all worked out yeah yeah so sure. yeah we flipped it back and everybody kind of you know was super excited about it and you know that's still things that we get like even like when you uh hit us up today you're like man i love the name and mm-hmm. and i think that is uh is super it's it helps us kind of get guests and and they know what to expect because we have such a good name and, and such a good following that it kind of ties into what we do really well for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely love the name. It's like as soon as I heard the name, I was like, 
I have to subscribe. Like I have to subscribe to this for sure. So thank you for sharing that story. So with that being said, you know, as educated hustle starts to grow and listeners is and the other, and you start to get to that million week, of, uh, a download status or whatever. And you got people got to get Barack Obama on your show. This and, the other. <laughs> and so, um, so eventually, you know, you probably want to get to a point where you want to start hiring somebody to find, do the part where, you know, you have to find guests and this and the other where, uh, Paul and Emilio just have to just show up and just record. So with that being said, you know, what would be an ideal employee once you got to that point? Like what would that employee have to embody in order for you to bring them on to the educated hustle team? Um, I think from my standpoint, um, somebody who's like really on top of the scheduling, the organizing, mm-hmm. um, being able to book dates and, and things of that nature. I think uh, that's always been the people that I partner with. Um, is the really strong organizers because I'm more of like an uh, idea person and a uh, person that kind of gets out there and talks to people. And uh, but I always feel like I lack on the scheduling side and the you know making more agenda type days. And I think looking for somebody who's more schedule oriented who can say hey, you can't do this on this day because you got this plan. So let's make sure we clear out some time for this. I think uh, just having a little bit more of an organizer, structural person would be somebody I'd be looking to hire. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about having a co-host. I mean, if you guys haven't been able to tell from the interview, you know, Paul does a lot of the inner details that are really important to have for business. Me, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm more personality and feeling. So I would want somebody (laughs) who... He has a Paul saying, but also just someone who's really a fan of the podcast. And the Absolutely. Well, do their best to get guests that they know that we can have a, you know, a good time and learn something with. Obviously, you know, it, it, you can get someone that's going to get you guests, but are they going to get guests that not only showcase you know, uh, us, but also can the guests showcase what they're about and how they mesh and blend well and how it all happens together. So for me, I want someone who just loves the show and really wants to see the best for it and really wants to do their best to make sure that they have guests that fit the theme and really will make the show go forward and not back. For sure. For sure. And I do kind of notice that, uh, that dynamic between you two, like, you know, one, I can see how one is the personality and the other is kind of like the more, you know, a little bit more reserved. I see the, the reservedness, conservativeness is still kind of there. I can kind of tell. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I definitely let Amelia handle the jokes and the comments. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the talent, but pause the brains behind the scenes. Don't get it. Gotcha, gotcha. But no, I, I definitely understand that because you do need to have that balance, if you will. For And I think that's why you guys work as co-hosts, really. I really do think that. Uh, let me ask you guys, let me kind of shift a little bit. Uh, you, know, at, you know, given our political climate and things that's happening, not just in the country, but just on the planet as a whole, do entrepreneurs have an obligation to take on or even give commentary on social issues at all? Hmm. I, I know for me personally, I think as long as you have a voice and you have mm-hmm. a platform, why not? I mean, nobody, this is the day and age where closed mouths don't get fed. I if you're not able to go out and, and represent what you believe in or even talk about things that you don't think are right, then what are you doing? I mean, this is the age where you can do it. I mean, we have a president who's known for just speaking his mind. and it, it's, not, it's definitely not always right, but he's right. still he is so I, I really don't feel like this day and age we have to be quiet i think that there's people now more than ever who feel like how you feel but on that note too be careful about what 
you open when you when you open Pandora's box. Like, For make sure. sure that whatever you say, you believe in it to 100%. Because it's all right to be wrong. It's all right to be, have different viewpoints. If you believe in it and you put your you know heart and soul to it, you have to respect it because you understand, like, okay, this is what they really believe. But, mm-hmm. you know, make a long story short, I think now more than ever, you have to have a voice, you have to be vocal, and you have to be sure that you know for sure what you're saying and what your stance are before you come equipped, especially on the internet Twitter. You know, it's, it's a bloodbath out there if you come <laughs> Got you. So when I saw this question um, in the prep, I, I, I had a problem with the word obligation. Okay. And so I think as an entrepreneur, your, your vision is to take your business to where you want it to go. Um, so I think that do entrepreneurs have an obligation to give commentary on social issues? My answer would be no. And okay. uh, I'm not saying that I wouldn't or I would, wouldn't want to be educated on, on what's going on in society. For sure. But um, I think as, a, as an entrepreneur, like what gets you going is, you know, how do I expand my business? How do I grow it? How do I, you know, become successful? And uh, I think, you know, like, like, like my coach was saying, a lot of people have, uh, you know, their voice. But a lot of people don't want to uh, necessarily jump into the societal issues because that's not really what grinds their gears. That's not what really uh, gets them motivated to expand their business. So um, as far as the obligation goes, I, I don't believe they have it, but at the same time, they should definitely be knowledgeable about what's going on because especially when hiring somebody or when giving people opportunity, you definitely want to, um, you know, know about, inclusion in the workplace you definitely want to know about um giving opportunities to people who don't necessarily get them on a daily basis so i definitely think you should be aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. uh but you don't necessarily have to uh comment on everything that's going on if it's uh not relevant to your business understood understood and i i appreciate your uh your candor uh paul because it is one this question was not in the original questions when i first started the show it kind of came from you know our like i said our political climate this and the other and we have people who answer all across the spectrum you know with that so but i I really do appreciate your candidness and your honesty let me ask you this guys you know when it comes to the Educated Hustle podcast. Who is your ideal listener? Good question. Good question. Um, I think the, the 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 numbers would tell us that it's somebody uh, who's like between ages of like twenty five to thirty four. Okay. Uh, and usually kind of skews a little bit on the female side because okay. uh, uh, the people that we bring on uh, usually tend to be uh, like women. Okay. And they, they're, like, getting it right now. I mean, women are all over the face of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, social a- uh, activism. So, I mean, women are killing it nowadays. And uh, I think, uh, you know, all the guests that, that we brought on um, and uh, that are super passionate about their business, uh, women seem to be the people that are continuing and not um, stopping their business um, from when they started, from when we interviewed them. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we, we definitely uh, have a lot of different listeners, different backgrounds, different um, experiences, but uh, definitely uh, that specific uh, age and gender uh, definitely seems to skew towards our, our show. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about it is, like, we actually have people, like, our, 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 our main age demographic is actually older than that. It's like 
people in their I think 30s and 50s according to what our tracker says and we like I if I had to describe our ideal listener it'd be what Paul, what Paul would say but it's interesting too because we have an older demographic and I feel like the older demographic likes our show because we have a pretty positive show we don't really talk about anything scandalous anything mm-hmm. ratchety I guess if you if you had to say a word you know we, we, we keep it positive straightforward and I think we're really knowledgeable and I mean not to knock on young people but I feel like right. most young people don't want that they want okay where's the drama where's the scandal where's the where's the outroar outrage and we don't really provide that so i think that helps us Mm -hmm. a lot and i think that's why the older generation you know the 35 and 40s they they vibe with our show so much because you actually can learn something we're actually trying to educate and 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 make you want to do something if you think about it those are the ages where people really want to be entrepreneurs because you know they've worked a good chunk in their life they want to break out sure. that chain and they're trying to figure out where to go so yeah i did listen to what, 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 what basically what paul was saying you know a young educated female who really wants that motivation because we have a lot of female guests and there's a lot of people they can look up to and really think okay how they started but the reality is like i said i think that older older female that may be working that job and is on you know saved up enough and wants to start her own business or that older male that was once an idea so it's a very interesting dynamic and one that i'm always fascinated to see just like who we're reaching out to and who we're really affecting who's really listening absolutely so let me ask you guys this who are your mentors i know for me um i have a mentor from college in alpha kappa psi um he goes by the name Kudari Sumaru. He's been my mentor because he's just someone I look up to. You know, he's very cool. He can speak well. He knows how to, you know, equate himself, eloquate himself. Well, I don't know that's a word, but we're going to throw it anyway. But <laughs> he knows you how to do what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. He knows how to do it in a way to where I always feel like when I talk to him, I feel like he's coming from a level above me. And I think that's really cool when have a mentor where you feel like, you know, you still got to catch up to him. I think when you feel like you come to your mentor, you know, it's, it's hard to have that relationship because that's what a mentor is someone you look up to. Um, outside of him, it'd be definitely my parents, my role models, because mm-hmm. they're people who I want to be. They're who I strive to be. They, they, they provide this life for me and my family, and they've always just been encouraging and very very just like whatever you want to do, you'll be a success because we believe in you. We know your success. And I want to make them proud, but I look up to them because they've done so much and they both were able to retire. My mom didn't like retirement. So she came back just because she wanted to get a little extra spend of money according to her. But it's, gotcha. it's cool to just know that, you know, they've reached a level where they're able to do all these great things provide. So if I had to really list my, my, my mentors right now, it would definitely be those. Yeah. I mean, I think I have the same mentors as far as my parents go. I mean, uh, you know, they've just been very instrumental in in getting my real estate business started. You know, my mom works as a realtor and um, she's, you know, done a few, you know, that's kind of an entrepreneurship venture in itself because you have to start from the bottom. You have to get clients. You have to, you know, kind of make your own schedule, uh, market yourself. So kind of seeing her go through that, uh, definitely piqued my interest. I, I was studying to be a realtor until um, I kind of got the idea, of, you know, why why s- sell someone else's house when you can, you know, start to invest and re- mm. really kind of make more money in the long term. So um, she kind of, you know, stirred that idea up. And then my dad is like somebody who I didn't realize at the time, but he really kind of shaped me into the person I am today because, um, you know, he's like, somebody who he came from Jamaica so he is okay. came from Jamaica to Canada so he was all about uh venturing out and then uh you know eventually he made his way to the United States but 
you know, he kind of took a leap of faith as far as kind of coming over to here, not knowing what to expect, and then kind of starting his own thing for himself as far as, you know, working in sales. And uh, he's always been the person to instill that discipline that, you know, making sure that I'm always on the right path. And, uh, you know, he set some examples for me, like every day he would make sure I'm in my bed every, every week he would make sure uh, I'm out there helping him cut the yard. And like, those are things that like, I didn't realize was kind of getting me ready for, you know, college where I'm like, all right, I have to make sure I do X things so that I can uh, make sure that I, I actually have, the right discipline and the right ideals to be on my own. So, you know, both of them kind of really uh, influenced me. And now they're both helping me through my first project. Like my dad cuts the yard in, in my house. My mom manages the contractors while I kind of pay the bills and do the finance side of things. So, gotcha. you know, it's all kind of coming together. And I definitely don't think I would be where I, where I am today without them. Awesome stuff. That, that sounds amazing, man. That's cool. That's really cool for real. Uh, let me ask you guys this. I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? That's, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> tough one. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you go ahead, Paul. You said you got something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to sound lame because it's not really a superpower, but at the end of the day, I think it's really what keeps us alive. It keeps us going. And, okay. And it's really being consistent. I hear and that. I, I hear don't, that. like, like Emilio alluded to earlier, is like the people that had these big games and uh, big ideas in the beginning and kind of fizzled out is because they stopped being relevant. And we, you know, uh, we took like maybe one or two weeks off here and there, but um, we've always been dedicated to come back with another episode, to come back with another guest, to even start our own um, show where we, it's just me and him talking about the topics of the week, the business topics of the week. So For sure. uh, we strive to be very consistent in our grind and our hustle and um, that just hasn't stopped and it, and it won't stop until, you know, we feel like, you know, there's something better out there. So that's what I think. It's not as glamorous as I think my, my colors probably will come up with, but that's something I think is definitely uh, super in, in its own way. But I think, it, I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry, Amelia, before you, you good? before you get cranked up there. Uh, but no, uh, Paul, I think that's perfect because a lot of times we have entrepreneurs out there who are not consistent and they, you know, and they're, and they're trying to figure out why they're not, you know, why their business is not taking the next level, this and the other is mainly because they're not consistent. And that's, believe it or not, it's really hard for people. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, man. I was going to say, that sounded like a diss track, the way that was starting out. <laughs> no, 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 I meant what Paul was saying, not you. But, no, I would say for me, I would, I would, I would, I just think being able to just have my, just say what I say and be my unique self. I think, you know, one of the things that I, I enjoy doing is I like saying stuff that um, I think like almost playing a double advocate role. Like I like just being outrageous. I like being able to, to showcase that because I feel like there's the world, the life is too short to just always play it safe. And, you know, there'll be times when I say stuff and I get in trouble, but if you know who I am, you know, it comes from love and not. I'm not afraid to look ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm in work training right now and I've had moments where I look like the goat and have moments mm -hmm. where I look like, why is this dude even got a job here? So, you, you gotcha. know, it, it, it comes both ways, but I think if you're able to like, be able to lighten the mood and, and have the whole room 
be able to look at you as someone of a sense of relief and joy. You're doing something. And I think that's my superpower, just be able to bring that that uh that sense of relief, that funny, that optimistic energy to keep everyone bumping and going until who knows whatever we got to go into. For sure. So guys, this is the point of the show where, you know, you get to promote anything you got going on. Definitely promote the podcast or anything else you got going on. The floor is yours to do that right now. I'm going to let Mr. Plug take him away. There it is. Oh, man, really? Oh, <laughs> I thought I had a break for once. No, um, <laughs> so, everything, of course, is going to be promoted through Educator Hustle. Uh, we're available on a great variety of social media. You can catch us on Snapchat, Educator Hustle. That's all one word, Educator Hustle. There we do snap with behind the videos to let you know how we're doing throughout the week. And, of course, get you motivated, get you inspired, and get you out there working. We're also on Instagram, Educate Hustle Podcast. Once again, that is Educate Hustle Podcast. They post little snapshot, little previews of the episode that came out this week. And as I say and always allude to, if you're really, really nice, you might, you just might get Paul to curate some personal, educated stances about you. You can also follow the pages. Follow us on Facebook at Educate Hustle. That's two words, Educate Hustle. You know you reached the right page because you'll see that logo that you guys all know and love and i'm sure as dominic can tell you we need them reviews if you have apple Podcasts, itunes do not be afraid to crank it up and hand out some five stars all you gotta do is search educate us with two words to see the show logo click on it scroll down a little bit hit write a review please 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 we only ask you know, a couple times but five stars write a review title and then of course write a review summary it could be something short and sweet as it's lit or something long and deep as it's still lit either way please 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 rate and review the show because when you do that you bring more awareness which brings more guests which then brings more episodes which then brings more fun so please rate and review now if you have not done so already please follow us on twitter at educator underscore hustle once again that's educator underscore hustle there we do tweets daily interactions and probably one of the best ways to reach me and paul because it comes right to our phone and last but not least because i know it's been a mouthful if you really enjoy what you heard on dominic's podcast about us if you really want to get in contact with us you want to be on the show you want to know how you collaborate with us do not hesitate to email us at educateuslepodcasts at gmail.com and once again see don't forget it because you got to say things twice educateuslepodcasts at gmail.com well that was dope <laughs> uh, that's right i need the water right that's why i call him mr plug man he's always selling us man absolutely i i see he's done this a few times before oh man absolutely 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 and startup nation all the uh credentials you know website social media all of their in the show notes there for easy access and also i want to point out that like look you have educated hustle podcast we have the Startup Life podcast, but there's no reason that we can't collaborate with mm-hmm. one another. And that's one of those things that with young podcasts, it's like, you know, I'm trying to get up the whole market, this and the other. Nah, forget that. There are ways for us to collaborate one another. And so I, I really wanted to point that out to Startup Nation that, you know, you guys were really awesome and, uh, and really cool to be on the show. And I really do appreciate you guys being on the show today. I really do. Oh, yeah. Thanks for inviting us, man. You know, we're definitely going to have you on the show. So this isn't going to be the last <laughs> time we talk. So it's, it's the preview, the prequel, right? And Fair and enough. To, to say what you were saying, you know, we, we, we encourage people to reach out because the podcast game, we get it. We, we're almost hitting two years strong. So Absolutely. we know how it is. Like, we, we, we've been trying to get on all these shows and we've only really been all about free podcasts which you know to your span is not the biggest or, or, or you know most glamorous number where we've been proud of each and every one of them so if you're a podcast and you really feel like that we could bring something to you or we offer something that you're trying to get or you just want to hit us up for advice or anything 
our inbox is open. Like we've just learned to try and help be helpful because if you, everyone helps together, we all grow together and we all can win together. And that's the true goal of podcast to make sure that everyone has a voice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody, you know, think win-win for sure. For sure. So before we wrap up, man, any parting advice for entrepreneurs out there, aspiring entrepreneurs out there, aspiring podcasters, any last uh, advice? For me, for people out there that want to start their own podcast, I definitely think you should do the research. Look up every little thing there is about podcasting. There's so many different sites that you can get advice. There's people that's done it before. Uh, you know, don't make the mistake that others do when they want to go at it themselves. They kind of just do it for, you know, the first three episodes and then you never hear it again. If you're going to be serious about the podcast game, plan your episodes in advance, get as many episodes under your books before you're even ready to launch Mm. and then get some, you know, hype around it, make some clips about it because that's the only way that you can get off to a great start and to keep that momentum flowing and going. Yeah, and that's that's phenomenal advice. I'm, I'm going to go off the advice that maybe you started your podcast and you reached a lull. Uh, just make more, make more content, make more episodes. Don't overthink it. People tend to realize, really think that they need to add more and they already have a more formula. You know, me and Paul, we always get commented on our podcast, but I'm always thinking like, okay, what can we do to add? So what can we make it better with? How do we get more? But it's like, we already have a good formula. Don't no, don't break it if it's, if it's not broken. So be sure that you just be consistent, that you put out, that you hit the record button, because that's what it takes to make a podcast. You got to hit that record button, because if wherever you are, the content you produce is going to align with who you are as a person, and people want to see that. That's what they come to hear. So just hit the record, be consistent, and you know, don't get low or dumb out because you're not getting the results you want. Because like I said earlier, it does not matter the size of your audience. It just matters that you make good content awesome stuff awesome stuff so that's going to wrap up this episode of the startup life did you guys enjoy it man we had a great time man once again thanks again i mean man i feel like we family now because of all this like you get out of here for about like an hour and 30 it's like how my cousin is done that's dominic from up the block so you know i have i waited for the cookout invite because you in memphis and i know they be cooking in memphis oh, so yeah, they barbecuing out there say, well, that's true flyers in on budget. <laughs> for sure i started nation so here's my final take when it comes to paul and emilio not only do they have a really great friendship but you can tell that that friendship is a component to their podcast they do a really good job of not only connecting with their guests but also giving their target audience very substantive and value-added content for their show. Also, you can really tell how they play off of one another. They have really great chemistry, and I can't wait for them to get to episode 200, seeing as that they just celebrated episode 100. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you're there, like and follow our page as well. It's a new way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. If you are listening on iTunes and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.